We've been saved, we've been redeemed, bought by the blood of the Lamb. So how does that look on a day-by-day basis? We'll find out next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. The Profile of a Servant of God is the title of today's broadcast. Welcome. We would invite you to join us here in 1 Corinthians as our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, continues with our survey of this marvelous book. The Apostle Paul lays out for us in this section before us just that, a profile of a servant of God. Ever wondered what you are supposed to look like as a Christian? Well, it's found right here in the text before us with this edition of Truth For Today now. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. My life's calling is not to be the CEO of a corporation where the bottom line is profit. Piper writes in the same area when he argues we are not professionals. And his point is you don't pay professionals to be martyrs. You don't pay professionals to sometimes work without adequate pay and go through a whole lot of hell in order to rescue men from hell. You you don't sign up for that. You don't go to Harvard to become a sufferer. And yet Paul could say, I tell you, Timothy, if you choose to be godly, hear your father in the faith, you will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12. Who in the world wants to pick up the responsibility of preaching, teaching, pastoring, evangelizing, if the price is too high? Wait, wait. Are we not called to follow a suffering Messiah? You didn't get saved with him sitting on a throne in the suburbs of heaven. You didn't get saved because he was afraid of pain, suffering, alienation, spit, rejection. You got saved because God himself said, it will cost me a lot to save one sinner and I will pay the price. That's who he calls us to follow. I'm not following Bill Hybels and I'm not following John MacArthur. I'm following a crucified, risen Messiah. And no sacrifice for this Messiah should ever insult me to make. But oh, in a Western church world with comfort, nice cars, good pay, we know hardly nothing about it. We have to read history to even get a sense of it. I'm not worthy. I am not worthy to ever be in this category. Too wimpy, too whiny, and had it too good. Now, I'm not volunteering today for you to drop my salary. I've got a few more things to pay off. And I'm not volunteering for anybody to beat me up after the service so I can go in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And that's what Carson is saying. Paul said, God set us forth, us men... But imagine having to say this, his credentials to his critics is, what has it cost you to bear this message? I may not have done it the way you like. You don't think I'm sophisticated enough. Oh, I'm plenty sophisticated. 
I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. I'm one of the most brilliant men of the ancient Near East. He probably spoke five languages. He was no dummy, but I have been captured. I will know nothing among you but Christ crucified, who is the wisdom of God and the power of God. I'm devoted. I've chosen my message and my path. That's what he's saying. He's no little Twinkie that is coming out of some uh, remote uh, place in Appalachia that never knew there was a New York City. He is a metropolitan man. He's a thinker. But I've been captured by the cross. And whatever it costs me to make that message known, he chooses it. What Has it ever cost you anything to walk with Christ? Does your Christianity have any scars or wounds? Are you just too busy criticizing what we do around here and wish we did it better? And there's plenty to be critical of. You know, I often tell the Lord this. God, I want to tell you something. Do you ever like to just catch God up on things? It's hard to keep omniscience informed, but I like to do it. God, by the way, we aren't the best thing on the block. We aren't the best, but I want to give you my best. Now, if somebody else can do it better, they're held to a higher standard, aren't they? Now, some of you can't even find C on a piano. You can't even find middle C. And and do us a favor of not trying. (laughs) Others know. They know how to make a demolish chord. See, you don't know the difference. It's a diminish. It's not demolish. But see, you'll be judged by a different standard. You know You know more. Sometimes I don't want to know more because I know knowledge brings responsibility. And so I pray, keep me dumb, Lord, then I won't have to do anything. But we're not the best, but God deserves our best. You've got to ask yourself, in light of this, are we, what are we offering God? Leftovers? Listen to what he says. To this very hour, we go hungry, we're thirsty, we're in rags, we're brutally treated. We work hard with our own hands. That was an insulting statement because no itinerary teacher of any standing was supposed to work with his hands. The Greeks despise manual labor. They praise the mind, being cerebral. And he says, I'm a teacher that worked with leather, made tents, and worked like leather goods. Not just tents, but I I made shoes, perhaps. I made coats. I paid my own expenses, and I did manual labor for the privilege of evangelizing you. I'm not ashamed of hard work. Would you work with your hands if that's what it required to get the gospel out? Or are you a $100,000 a year preacher? You've got to pay me so much to get me. You people don't have a clue what's going on there. Look what he says. He goes on to say, When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we're slandered, we answer kindly. That that used to always bother me. When can the preacher get mad? What I loved when I was unsaved, and I was hot-headed, especially in sports. I was really a wonderful guy until sports. If you hacked me, I wanted to smack you. And when I loved when I was unsaved, I could cuss you and I could hit you. And I got immediate relief. Not done damage, but I felt relieved. It's been hard to do that in the church. We have some healing. 
Can you imagine? You dirty so-and-so, boom. I love you in Jesus' name. Don't ever do that again. In the church, you're always supposed to be Mr. Nice. Mr. Nice, especially the, we pay you to be good. The rest of us are good for nothing. I mean, what, however that came out. Yeah. Uh, look, up to this moment, we have become the scum. Uh, we know that now he's going to close his argument. And his argument, now I'm going to appeal to you as children. And this is an interesting verse. Jesus said in Matthew 23, let no man call you father. And that meant there the authoritative, absolute authority of a father, like the rabbis wanted to tell you what to do. Here Paul says, I'm your father in the Lord. Matter of fact, treat me like your father. Interesting. You know how he became their father? He evangelized them and led them to the Lord. He calls Timothy, my son. My son in the Lord. So Jesus says, absolute authority and preeminence over your brothers, I forbid. This use of father is affectionate concern. You don't know what it's like to father somebody in Christ and to mentor them in their infancy and then see them get an attitude. Then bringing out the father in him. Listen, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I became your father through the gospel. Listen to what he says. I urge you to... Anybody have it? I'm not just whistling Dixie about what I'm doing here. I want you to imitate me, not the critics. Jesus said something that uh, I don't think any of us like. But God doesn't take orders from us. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. I ask you this, what if a person doesn't want to deny themselves? Could you call them a follower of Christ? For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Lose my life? You're talking metaphorically, aren't you, Jesus? First generation, it wasn't metaphorical. Plenty of martyrs. Lots of martyrs. And there's a lot of martyrs happening right today in the world. Many are being martyred. What good is it for a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? So we must know this. We are following a crucified Christ. Let us not be surprised or shocked if suffering is on the way. The second thing, and Carson makes the point, that uh, leaders, uh, leaders in the church suffer the most. They should probably because they model to the people of God how to suffer. That's one thing, as Pastor Rich and I have talked many times, it's one thing American Christians know little about, how to survive suffering with grace and to respond like Christ. We act like God has insulted us if he ever permits suffering. On any level, health issues, economic downturn, uh, maybe a negative word to us, and I'm not here. I'm not masochistic. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But you ought to feel as guilty as I feel when I look here. That here's this model that he tells me to imitate. And I ask, how in the world 
am I following this model? I'm more inclined to the Corinthian model. I want to reign. I want wages. I want comfort. And God knows I've preached in this church for a lot less money than I'm given now. And those are my glory that I preach the gospel without a salary. And God met my needs anyway. And so I'm not a hireling because you're good to us. But does it not make me accountable for what I have to not be conceited, not to be proud, not to hoard, not to think, well, I I get a good check because I am somebody, you know, I'm worth a lot. No, 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 no. It's why I cannot be around any kind of ministry that's sacrificing without melting my heart and say they must love the message. They must love Christ. Because the test of New Testament leadership is how much would you suffer to do your job? Are you that committed? And he weeded out a lot of people. And Jesus said, that's fine. You'll have to deny having a big retirement account as your goal if you follow me. I think of Veda Landry in this church. She and her husband both raised on the mission field by both missionary parents. I met her parents when you're... There's just a quality when I meet those kind of people. I'd give up anything to make Christ known. It's different. Because I'm so used to being around the Corinthian, California. We're somebody. We deserve the best. Because we are the best. And I'm saying, God, keep me in the midst of such arrogance and such lukewarmness. We don't know what the boil looks like anymore. We're so used to tame Christianity. And he goes on to say to them, when he comes to them, he will not inquire about their speech, but he'll look for a display of power. An idea probably is, what I'm talking about is action, not talk. The cross was action. It wasn't talk. My ministry is action, not I just preach, I suffer, I do without, I pay any price. Some of you are nothing but talk. You Corinthians love speech makers. You love rhetoric. You you love elocution. You love philosophy. But the kingdom of God wasn't built on philosophy. It was built on a suffering, crucified Christ. The power of God was unleashed through a sacrificial lamb. And I will, when I come among you, I'm not looking for the talkers. I'm looking for the doers. Looking for those whose lives have been transformed. Got a lot of folks, you just fill a pew once in a while and think you're serving God. You are deceived. That makes you no follower. This is feeding time. This is a regrouping time to edify one another, to stimulate you to good work. This is a bonus. This is a little bit of heaven on earth that we even as a body of saints can come together in pagan Bay Area and worship God. This is one of your treats. This isn't your service. You haven't served yet. I'm serving you. You're taking it in and saying, I hope he studied this week because I'm going to check his points. Do it, honey. Do it. 
I've been doing it 39 years. I ain't afraid of anyone taking notes because I studied all week. Bring it on. I ain't guessing. I didn't start this church to play Pope. You don't rent a dance hall with skunks under the floor and beer cans on the exit to be impressive. I just thought the gospel's worth bringing to the Bay Area. And what we have now, I'm not in love with. It's just a means. We still got to get the message out, whatever it costs. I made a note there. I don't want any of you music people to go zonkers because you say, ooh, he's finally agreeing with me. We ought to sing more of the hymns, and we should. But I'm gonna, I want to clarify a point. When I said on my notes there, we don't sing some of these songs, I'm not talk, making a big boast. What I mean, we don't sing the sentiments of songs that uh, if you're under 40, you've never heard them because uh, you grew up on bands. Uh, but did you ever, I mean, hear a word like this? Wait, 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 wait. No, no, listen, listen to me. Everybody, listen. Don't you look. Did you ever in a meeting have a meeting closed and they would sing this, not at the beginning of the service, it's the worst time to sing it. But at the end of the service you sang. I, let me see, I want to get the first stanza. I think I typed it down here. Let me see. I'm confused. And the church said, Amen. I knew you would. That's why I appreciate Paul and the Corinthians. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I don't know if I'll give it. It says I freely give. You know why we don't sing that song? Because we're a bunch of liars if we're not willing to give him everything. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all except the unsaved girl I'm going with that I'm having sex with. Uh, I surrender, but it doesn't mean I've got to be pure. I surrender, but I won't tithe. Oh, you liar, don't say surrender then. Church is a terrible place to lie. Wait till you get outside. Lie out on the parking lot. He won't strike you as quick. But I remember when God was tugging at my heart as a kid. We'd sing that, and I was actually thought the words were supposed to be true of me. And I, I was wrestling with breaking up with a gal. I was wrestling with, he's going after everything I like to do. Fight, steal, and make out. I said, you mean if I follow you, Jesus, I've got to break up? Yeah. Whew. What a sacrifice at the foot of the cross. i got to get up. Smacking a guy once in a while? Yeah. You're not that good anyway. You better before you get killed. We amplify all sacrifices. And we look like martyrs in our own eyes. I surrender all. All to thee I freely give. I wonder if I could sing it today. We used to sing this song. I could never get through it. At a youth camp in 59, they used to sing this at the end of the service. That's where I surrendered to be a, a teenage preacher, 15 years old, 
knew nothing. But it went this way. It may not be on the mountain's height or over the stormy sea. It may not be at the battle's front. My Lord will have need of me. But if by a still, still, small voice he calls me to pass, I do not know, I'll answer. Dear Lord, my hand in thine, I'll go where you want me to go. And here's the refrain. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. Over mountain or plain or sea, I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. Jim Snyder's in this church. He was at that camp with me. He was meeting girls at the soda fountain and Dayton and everything. And the guys, that's four of us in a tent. They were nearly embarrassed. They never saw a man weep so much. I was just a teenage punk. I wept for five days. I never wept more in any time of my life. Because I was trying to say, I'll go. I don't know where it's going to be, but I'll go. I'll be. I don't know what you want me to be, but I'll be. I'll say whatever you want me to say. And I left that camp driving a stake down. You be the boss for the rest of my life, and I'll do whatever you say. And that's what I'm trying to keep today. If it's to start in another dance hall, resign this church. Uh, just this week, one of our men directed me to a pastor of a large church, Southern Cal. Resigned it after 16 years. Thousands of people. Wants to go to Thailand to help rescue girls out of the sex slave market. You fool for Christ. You're in Simi Valley. You've got the bucks. You've got the paydays. Man, you're a national known speaker. Don't be an idiot and go over and save girls from being prostitutes. You idiot. And he says, I think if I could rescue one girl from being turned into a prostitute at the age of 11, my life will not be in vain. And the rest of us are hoping we get a church that big and we can be that slick and we can be that popular. And he, in the midst of all of it, says, no. Let me end. Teddy Roosevelt in Paris gave this great lecture, and I lift one part of it. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails, while daring greatly, 
so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat because they won't get in the arena. They're too busy criticizing those in it. Paul says, Corinthians, you might be reigning, but I'm suffering because I'm following a crucified Christ. And I say to you, who are you following? Who's your model? Paul tells him, imitate me. Be willing to suffer, and God will take care of the amount, the kind, the place. But at least say, I'll follow Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back. You've been listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to review today's program or obtain a copy on CD for a friend or loved one, please call us and mention today's date. We would ask for $5 to cover the cost of materials and shipping. Call us at 510-799-3171. That's 510-799-3171. You can also visit our online store, valleybible.org. A lot of information there about who we are and what we believe. Again, the store is there as well. You can take advantage of other resource materials. That's valleybible.org. Or, again, call 510-799-3171. Visa and MasterCard are welcome. Take advantage of that as you call or stop by our website. And if you would like to link arms with us financially, knowing this broadcast continues here on this station, in part through your financial partnership with us, please prayerfully consider that as you contact us. Again, at 510-799-3171. That's 510-799-3171. And then we look forward to seeing you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.